right. Get this thing rolling. Cool. So we got <clears throat> Funk and Focus YouTube live going. We got uh, my personal Instagram rolling live um, for the first Q&A for the Funk and Focus Urban Dance and Dialogue series. Um, different times when we uh, have time <clears throat> because there's a lot of questions that come in for the program. We'll just do days where we're doing like a basically a random Q&A, let people ask questions. Uh, a lot of people ask questions ahead of time this time. So I have a, a large list of questions that uh, we'll be going through to get this thing started. Um, just some basic information before we get started. Uh, we do this every Sunday, 3 p.m. This will branch out to more episodes with different topics. The idea is community dialogue. So having conversation, getting people's ideas out there, um, sharing ideas, sharing perspective, giving differing perspectives sometimes. We wanna do things like that as well where we have different types of um, thoughts and, and perspectives kind of talking about what they think and, and where we can go in the future with these ideas. But uh, the whole idea is community and building ideas together and moving forward together in a smarter, more effective way. Um, so that's what the program is about. This is the first of the Q and A's. And like I said, we're just going to get into the questions that have been uh, sent to me through Instagram, through YouTube, and we'll start there. And then after that, we'll open it up for general questions for people that are on the Instagram live and the YouTube live. So basic info, shout outs, Urban Artistry, Urban Artistry. Here's the website at Urban Artistry dot, uh, at Urban Artistry DC is the Instagram for Funk and Focus. We have funkandfocus.org. That's where you can find out about the online courses that we provide through Skype. Um, it's also where you can find uh, information more about merchandise and things that will be coming soon uh, at Funk and Focus on Instagram. And uh, yeah, a couple shout outs, Rhythmatics. Thanks for the t-shirt, the homie Chris. He's got his own clothing brand. They got all kinds of dope patterns and stuff. Check them out. And uh, Clash. So our, our uh, partners in Denmark, they have an event coming up on uh, October 28th through like November 2nd or 3rd. It's a week-long festival. It's happening soon. I'll be there. Rashad will be there. Anthony from London will be there. Tsunami will be there. A lot of the folks from Urban Artistry are coming out. So we're going to be in Europe uh, at the end of the month. And uh, I'll actually be in Europe from October 17th through November 30th as well. So hope to catch some of you guys out there. I haven't seen some of my European friends and fam in a while. So 
That being said, we're going to get straight into the questions. Remember that as we do each episode each week, we're going to try to move more towards the YouTube. Again, the YouTube is Funk and Focus, one word, and you can find the live stream on Funk and Focus right now on YouTube, um, or you can stay tuned in here. But we are going to get it started with some of the questions that we received from the Instagram. So the first question, well, these, these two will go together. So Johan Abadia says, when do you come to Colombia? And Santos Bruno Luis says, do you want to come to Brazil? Uh, yes. <laughs> I don't think there's anyone that doesn't want to go to Brazil or Colombia or any of the, the Latin American countries. Uh, I just had the privilege to go to Argentina spent time with August and Jose and Lou and met a lot of dope dancers and good people. The energy in South America from my experience was so passionate and so strong. They're like really, really heartfelt people. You know, you, they, they feel what they do and they want you to feel their energy and their spirit. And uh, I was super happy to go down there and connect with some of the dancers there. I think South America in general is sort of, um, not a lot of people go there. And one thing I want to say about that is, is I think it's important that like we try to bridge that gap, you know, um, North and South America, because there's so many talented dancers in Latin America and they, uh, they have so many cultural dances down there and people can move already. Like the talent is there. It's like raw talent in South America and, I think it's just like waiting to like for the world to see <laughs> what's going on, you know? So I, I hope to come more to South America. Um, August and Jose might be setting up a tour for Rashad and myself through South America. At some point, we're hoping to do a camp as well uh, in Argentina. So look out for more of those details. It'll be a popping camp that we're going to host in Argentina. So maybe you guys can catch us there uh, next year sometime. And uh, yeah, I think it's important. Like the places, sometimes the countries that don't have the most money don't have a lot of people coming and sharing. And that's, that's not okay. Like we need to get more people in these places uh, with all these folks that are super talented, have a lot to bring to the table and um, you know, share our culture with them. So I think it's, it's really nice if we can get to these countries and places where, where not a lot of people are going because there's not a whole lot of money, you know, and that shouldn't be the priority anyway. It's all about cultural exchange. Everything is about cultural exchange for us in urban artistry. So, you know, I would love to come more to South America. You know, I had a, had a great time and it's, there's so many countries with so many talented people so many dope dances and uh, yeah, there's just a world of things waiting to happen there. So let's go on to the next questions. Okay, Rashawn CFAM on Instagram says, what does training and popping mean in today's world? Is working on the body important creativity and concepts? Okay. So training has changed like over the years from back in the day till today. Um, people used to just club and just get down. Like a lot of the OGs I've talked to, 
they actually never even saw, saw videos of themselves dancing until like the late nineties, you know? So imagine like your training just being, how does my body feel? You know, how, how does, um, how does this movement feel on my body? And, and, and just going 100% off of feeling that is a very important thing. Um, but the other thing is like, we also, we have camera now, like we can use that to train and, and help ourselves get better and enhance the, the cleanliness and the clarity of what we're doing. Um, I'm not huge on drilling. I'm not as big on drilling as other people, but I do think there is a place for it, especially when you need to just get something in your muscle memory. Drilling can be nice. I didn't particularly do a lot of drilling. I did a lot of just dancing, um, dancing in the clubs and applying my ideas and my thoughts and, and experiential learning. For me, practice was experiential. Like I would go into the clubs, house and Rashad would be like, okay, try the levels game. Okay. Um, do only this style. Um, okay. Uh, call this person out. You know, I think gaining experiences, you know, okay. Teach the beginning of this class learn how to be a better teacher. Like these are the types of practices that we kind of forget about, but that's all a part of training to me. So training to me is not just locking yourself in a room and drilling hits for an hour. That's not the most effective way to train or just dime stopping for an hour. That's not the most effective way to train, but it is one way to train. It's very important to, to experience through dance. Um, and let training be broad. Let it be a good conversation with somebody that knows a little bit more than you. Let it be reaching out to someone in the community that um, has a cultural experience and, and a, a lifetime of <laughs> living the dance and being a cultural ambassador and just have a conversation with them. That's dance training. That's training here. Um, train your mind. Train your mindset. You know, The more you learn, the more you're able to change your art and it will affect your art. So... Um, working on the body is important, you know, conditioning, foam rolling, things like that. Keep your body in shape, keep your body mobile, agile, um, but keep your mind healthy. Um, the more information you learn, the more different types of movement you learn, it all comes together in a nice, beautiful way. Um, and, and then it becomes a lifetime of training. It just keeps evolving. You know, you just keep changing and changing and changing as you go. Um, let's see. Monster Pop says, can we get a breakdown of the Assassin's Crew history, approximately how many members worldwide? Okay, so basically the Assassins started in LA. So Assassins started in Los Angeles. Um, uh, Assassins is... Uh, is a is a gang in LA actually just sort of like that classic hip-hop story of uh, where you hear about all the breaking crews and every, a lot of folks were like gang related and this was a way for folks that were in these neighborhoods to gather and and have unity with each other and have support so it was important for them and a lot of them branched out into dance and into art and into these the street culture the street art so, you know, the assassin story is similar. It started in L.A. Um, and branched out into dance, into art. 
a lot of b-boys in la uh shout out to Badafuco, shout out to uh caveman uh shout out to showtime one of the poppers out in la and uh the assassins la they're they're cool with the the funny bones crew you know that's like fam like funny bones is fam for assassins in la so we that's fam to us here in dc too um a guy named uh 40 from assassins la he moved to germany in the 90s i believe and he started the stuttgart chapter of the assassins crew and that chapter was also mostly b-boys except for i believe junius brickhouse who's the executive director of urban artistry floor captain of assassins and brought assassins to dc um shout out to the stuttgart chapter you know falzon scotty um mikey uh, and mikey's not in stuttgart but shout out to him he's in zurich um and and the the stuttgart guys shout out to you guys basically what happened is junius was stationed in the military in hamburg and he met a lot of different dancers he met falzon and uh, he met uh, he met the assassins in Germany. They asked him to be in the group. They did performances of Battle of the Year. They would battle together and do all these things together. And when Junius came back to D.C. in 2005, he wanted to start a chapter here. So the D.C. chapter branched into a wider thing that's spreading now uh, within the states. Um, so I'll give you guys the list of the folks in the D.C chapter but not all of them live in dc it's just how it started so junius brickhouse rashad toy and tasha gabe myself risky hana desmond diana sean Nguyen, decimus mitsu dr rico jaden michael monster pop jante russell nicole so i i on the youtube um or on the recording, I have some pictures and I can post those in, in the comments of the YouTube so you guys can see the pictures of all the all the folks that are Assassin's DC chapter. But, you know, some are in Portland, some are in Montreal, some are in, you know, Memphis. So we have folks that have, that are not just in DC. It's just that the chapter in the States started here and then it spread out from there. So... Let's see the next question. <laughs> I'm just going to ignore this. Rashad's asking, why do these little fuckers think they know so much? Ha 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 ha. That's a great question, Rashad. I don't know why the little fuckers think they know so much. It's like, sometimes it's like, yeah, you, uh, you only been dancing like three years and you got these really strong opinions. I saw this one chart this one time, I think, uh, uh, Odie put, Oh, no, it wasn't Odie. Jardy maybe posted it. And it was like this chart of dancers and like how there's like the the arrogant beginner, the like overly talkative novice dancer, uh, the like, oh, man, it's so funny. I'm sure it's on his Facebook still, but there's like these phases that people go through as dancers. And it's really funny. I'm sure everybody can remember in the beginning when like you... <laughs> You didn't know how bad you were like you were just you just thought you were really good you know because you didn't even know about the dance community you just saw a music video and you were like uh yeah like you start moving and people at your school think you're really good or whatever but you have no clue that this whole world of dance even exists so that's like <laughs> that's a really funny place 
that a lot of us started in. And then we finally meet people in the scene and we're like, oh, okay. Like you, you don't realize it in the beginning, but the more and more you meet people, you're like, oh, I'm actually really bad at this. And I'm just like a super novice. And I'm just trying to like find my way in this thing. Let me humble myself a little bit. But, you know, some people actually never even get to that point. Some people just become these like the little fuckers So what we call them. Like me and Rashad is called the little fuckers. Like it's the little fucker attitude when it's like you don't know, but you think you do. In psychology, they call it blind spotting. When you have a blind spot, other people know you don't know something, but you believe that you know that thing. So that's called having a blind spot, otherwise known as the little fucker effect. <laughs> and uh yeah like try not to be a little fucker let's just let's just leave it at that we don't want to be a little fucker uh let's go back to some questions uh, uh i can't read this guy's name but he says for training do you believe in drills or believe in freestyle we talked a little bit about that the little fuckers <laughs> we talked a little bit about that earlier I believe in both. You need to train drills and you need to train freestyle, but it's also so much more than that. That is not, not the most efficient way to get better. Experiential learning. Learn in the settings by doing the things. Try to get in the clubs, get in the ciphers. Get in the ciphers more at the sessions. Enter the battles. You learn so much when you enter battles. Call someone out, have a call out battle. You learn a lot from that experience too. Um, videotape yourself while you're dancing, you know, and, and basically analyze what you're doing. Learn to be a movement analysis, you know, learn movement evaluation, learn to evaluate movement, um, train things for muscle memory, but don't overdo it. You can train things while you're ciphering. Like i my hit got better because over the years I just did it a lot. And then over with time, I met people that were like, Oh, try it like this, try it like that. And I was open to that. And that's cool too. So, you know, you do need drills, but you also need thoughts and ideas and ways of moving and tradition. For me, popping, training and doing drills and freestyle, like that's all good and well. But if you're not, if you don't understand the why, right, people talk about this, like Dog has talked about this, the why. If you don't understand the why, the why is all about the culture of the dance. If you don't understand why the people lived the way they did, why they moved the way they move, what the expression was really about, you could practice a million moves. You could practice your freestyle and your concepts and your ideas a million times. It will never come out with the passion and the feeling that these originals have because they're dancing with purpose. They're dancing for a reason. They have a, a purpose behind their movement. So the question is, what is your purpose behind your movement? So instead of training a bunch of hits into your muscle memory on a bunch of dime stops, why don't you take a practice where you sit to ask yourself, hey, what's my purpose in dance? What am I trying to say as a mover? What am I trying to say as an artist? You know, that's the, that's the real training, the why, your purpose, you know. And, and these, these are the things in combination with the experiential learning, with the drills, with the freestyling. That's how you get better very quick. We're spoiled here. Urban artistry has spoiled us. The environment Junius has created has spoiled us. He had us learning in the clubs. His classes were done in the cypher. We did, the, we did class in a circle because it's traditional 
it's traditional to do that with these dances. We don't have to line up in a straight line. We don't need a ballet bar. We don't need anything that isn't of this culture. We can perform that way in theater. <laughs> we can perform that way in theater. Don't get it twisted. We don't have to do it like the ballerinas and like the modern dancers. We don't have to. And we can also do that with education and training. How did, how did this work for other people? How did other people get so good back in the day? Because they got really, really good. The stuff they were doing in San Francisco still surpasses what any of us have done with strutting today. By far, we are not more advanced. Our technique is not more advanced with that, with that specifically. They were so, so good. And the reason is because they had their purpose. So that being said, I'm going to keep this thing rolling. Soon we'll open it up to questions, but I'm just going to knock these ones out. What are the main things I have to keep in mind while entering into a popping battle? This is from the same gentleman that asked the question before. That's really up to you. Again, that has to do with your purpose, right? All right, Memphis Jukin, what's your favorite place to eat in Memphis? Yo, Favorite place to eat in Memphis. What a hard question. Ryan sent that in. Oh, man. That is so hard. I think, like, one of the greatest things about going to Memphis was the food. It was it was just phenomenal. I, even when I teach Juken, I always just talk about food. Like, I start talking about food at different points. And, and people are, like, getting hungry. Okay. I don't know if I can name one place for this. Best food in Memphis. Oh, man. Okay. The, my favorite ribs is rendezvous. The dry ribs with the little vinegar on the side and the, the dry rub, just straight seasoning on top with a little bit of vinegar on the side. That is the best rib I had in Memphis. Um, and then I, I, I got to show love for pig on Beale Street because that was the first Memphis ribs that I have. I went there with Ryan and Rico and the guys and that, that one has a special place in my heart. But then there's the cheesecake spot. It's owned by some French guy. I don't know what's going on. I know the backstory. Go to the cheesecake. I can't remember what it's called. Cheesecake corner or something. Cheesecake something. Ask Rico, ask Ryan, ask Montrell, Surf, anybody, Daniel. They all know it. This spot had some good cheesecake. Really good cheesecake. And uh, Gus's fried chicken. If you go to Memphis, Gus's fried chicken is on point. The sweet tea is on point. And uh, yeah. So so for those tuning in on Instagram, the, the how we got to this is I'm just scrolling through the questions. And Ryan uh, on the Memphis Chicken channel asked what, the, what my favorite food in uh, Memphis was. So it's too many. Go there. Okay, uh, Iron Hyde says, cultural and historic foundation of strutting and wise dance this way. Okay, really good question. Cultural and historical foundation of strutting. So, so there's a, there's, that's a huge question. <laughs> that's a huge question. Um, but I'll just say this. San Francisco, in the, throughout the 70s and up till today, the culture of the Fillmore District and all, a lot of different places in San Francisco, Hunters Point, 
the dance of the people, African-Americans in these rough neighborhoods. We're in the 70s. There's, there's civil rights still happening. The Black Power Movement's happening. The expression is fight for your rights. The expression is, you know, be proud of who you are. The ex expression is standing strong together as a unit. It's about standing up for your people and standing up for what you believe and what you do in your community. There's so much power and pride behind strutting that it has to be more than just the foundational movements. Foundationally, what I got from talking to Pop-Tart is that strutting is, and this is from Pop-Tart, what I took from Pop-Tart, I didn't say this directly, this is how I interpreted it. Strutting is a mix of Oakland Boogaloo, the Fillmore, and the robot. And this is how we, well, this is how I teach it in the online classes that I do when I'm teaching my students. When you have robotics and mechanical movement mixed with the Fillmore step with the swinging of the arms and mixtures of the Oakland Boogaloo, which actually is a huge amount of things, right? Oakland Boogaloo is creeping, swooping, posing, hitting, robotting, 3Ding, 4Ding, 5Ding, um, Dinorama, uh, robot slides, swinging the arms, worming, rolling. So those elements all came from Oakland to San Francisco. So strutting has pieces of the boogaloo. Even if you look at the new videos that uh, uh, Harry Berry put out, he put out some things where he's doing strutting and he's got some boogaloo in there. He's got some knee rolls, he's got some head rolls. You know, he's breaking down the body in different ways. You know, you look at Pop-Tart, you see some swooping, you see the boogaloo. So, you know, like culturally, it's just what people did in San Francisco because of what information was in Oakland and what came across the water to them. And uh, that's pretty much, yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to answer all of that. It's such a big question, but really we're talking about like the way people live. And I'll also say this, when we were in San Francisco last time, aunties, uncles, Grandmas, grandpas were coming up to Pop-Tart and everybody was going like this. This is how they greeted them, whether they were a strutter or not. They weren't even dancers. This is how cultural it is for black folks in the Fillmore district. This is how cultural it is. This is how they greeted each other. They walk up behind Lonnie Green and they go, what's up, Lon? You want some? You want some, Lon? You don't want what? You don't want none, Lon? What's up? You know, and then they'd be like, oh, what's up? How are you, man? So good to see you. It was like the official greeting or something in San Francisco. They were greeting each other with like worm in the head and posing. And, and you saw that little robot in there. And I was like, wow, those are not even dancers. They're not even dancers. Right. But they are dancers because <laughs> black folks dance, do music, like dress a certain way. It's cultural, you know. It's cultural, so it's like, I can't say that they're not dancers, but what, what I'm saying is like, they're not the type of dancers that we think of, like, oh, we're like, we consider ourselves dancers. No, they grew up with it. They saw it all the time. They knew that Lonnie did that as a kid and that, that he did it his whole life. So of course they're gonna greet him like that. What's up, Lon? And they had some, they could all roll their necks so good, I mean, and we call that a technique and a drill. No, that's just what they do. They just move their neck like that in San Francisco, in the Bay. Like they, they got that, that swag, that persona. It's so cultural to them. It's just embedded. 
it's just embedded in the way they live and talk and everything. Um, okay, so next question we have is from Naman Knights. And he asks, what are concepts for you? Okay, this is a very simple answer. Concepts are just ideas. It's just something that you've thought of in your head and you're gonna try to do that with the movement of your body. Okay, I have this idea, I wanna create a string and I'm gonna act that out by grabbing it and pulling it and using a fixed point with it. Concept is just simply an idea. Okay, I wanna use levels. Your concept could just be using levels, you know, like I'm just doing levels right now, I'm going up and down with my movement, you know. Sometimes I think poppers get too nerdy with their concepts and we forget that they forget that the music is actually more important than the concept in your brain. So your ideas are great, your concepts are great, your creativity is great, but the music and your purpose, your why has to drive your movement. If if your purpose isn't driving your movement and your thoughts are driving your movement, it's not. It's never gonna be as powerful. And that whole thing that people talk about, like the spirit of dance and catching the ghost and zoning out, you, will, you won't find that. When you dance from here, you never find that. When you dance from here, from who you are, from how you feel, when the music makes you feel, that's when you start to really find you in the movement. That's when people can feel what you do. Here's something, people that dance from technique and from drills and from concepts make people think this. When you see them, they, uh, when they watch you dance, they go, oh, that's kind of cool. That's really cool, that's interesting, right? When you see someone like Rashad dance, who's dancing from purpose, from culture, from his why for expressing who he is and his message, you can't help but feel it. And dancing from the music, you're just like, God, damn, this dude's getting down. Like, I don't even know it's an experience. You're experiencing something because he's dancing so much from emotion and not from here, right? Dancing from here is concepts, drills, all of that. Dancing from here is a different thing. And knowing your why, knowing your purpose, expressing that in movement, that's a powerful thing. That's what is so influential when people watch Rashad. It's so influential because he's expressing something deeper than what he's thought of. His, he's letting his ancestors speak. He's channeling in to something higher. And we'll do more talking about that on this series. But yeah, we'll keep it like that for now on that one. Okay. Okay, I got two questions left and then I'm just gonna open it up. So, Shadows, the homie Shadows from Dallas, give us your top five unique tutters that have influenced you. Okay, nice, cool, good question. Get to talk a little bit about tutting. So, <clears throat> top five, let's go through it. That's hard, it's hard to have five. I'll say that, but top five tutters, but it also he said that have influenced me. So that's gonna change some things. So I gotta talk about somebody that I think a lot of people don't know about who influenced my tutting quite a bit. 
There's a gentleman named Confusion with a K um, from LA. When I moved out there, he, uh, he was one of the guys that was really open to taking people into his house, practicing and teaching people things. And he showed me him and his partners Tetris, right? And they were, they were evolving a lot of th things that they saw from Mr. Ree, but they were also involved with the rave community. So they had inspiration from liquid and fixed points. Confusion is the guy that showed me this, right? He showed me how to do what I call the buildups and the breakdowns, right? So he showed me that. And then I took that and created this. The full circle, follow the leader style move, which actually became sort of trendy. And you started to see a lot of people doing that. Right. But they only got the first half of it. But that's OK. So they got this part and then they would go into something else. So confusion. He he showed me a lot of a lot of stuff. I can't. He's definitely influential in in the way that I even still move today. So confusion is on there. Um, uh, Mr. Steen. Steen is my biggest influence for Tutting because his systems and his movement and some of the foundational moves are just in my system. We did them in the shows. I got that really in my system. And uh, basically I had to ask myself, you know, what's my why? What, what's, how do I futurify this stuff? Because I have so much movement from Steen. I have so many different uh, ways to tut from Steen. So still to this day, he's a huge influence on the way that I'm tutting and um, I'm basically now tweaking all of these things to kind of interpret it in my own way. So I don't uh, have the same approach as him. I might have some of the same movements, but I'm going to have a different approach. I'm going to figure out how to futurify these styles. But Steen, if you don't know Steen for Tutty and for a lot of things, check him out. Steen, Steen Krona Studio is his Instagram. He's doing crazy stuff and advancing the style heavily. So that's two. Um, the next two are just two OGs that I love to watch. I love to watch Sensei Bop from the LA Boppers and Mr. Ree, both from the South Central LA area, I believe. Mr. Ree is super animated with his tuts. Uh, he's super dynamic. He has all these crazy ground moves. He tuts on the ground. He, he has like ticking and animation with his tuts, but he's using his whole body all the time. It's just, there's so much flavor. He has so much flavor with his, his tutting. I, I really, really like his style. He has a dope, he has a lot of dope styles of tutting. Um, Sensei Bop is like one of the most free tutters you'll ever see. He's so free. Every time you watch him, really listen to the music. Listen really deep to the music because he's, adapting his tuts and his movement every single solo. He's a true freestyler. Sensei Bob's a true freestyler. His tuts look different every single time. And he might even use some of the same patterns, but the texture and the vibe under and the rhythm pattern, it's going to be different. He has really dope three-dimensional tuts. Um, and he showed me some secrets when I met him. Uh, check the interview I did with Sensei Bob on the Urban Artistry Preservatory Project page. Uh, we talked about tuts and he broke down a couple of little secrets and, uh, yeah, so that's four so far. Um, two early, uh, sorry, I gotta, okay. Uh, fifth one is, uh, this guy named Dima worm. 
I don't even know if this guy's still tutting, but he's like Russian or something. He has videos online. I think he might even be like contemporary contemporary dancer or something or experimental. I don't know what he considers himself, but all I know is he's a super dope tutter, really dynamic movement, large angles, things on the ground, different shapes with his knees and things and uh, a different flow and super, super, super clean. He's really, really dope. So check out Dima Worm too. And then I got to give some other mentions. So Wiggles was the first person that I um, saw his tutorial and wanted to tut like. He was the first inspiration. Junior Boogaloo was the second. You know, these are like early, early inspirations, you know, when I was just finding my way. I met Junior when I was a kid, when I was like 19, maybe. Um, Wiggles had his videos and stuff like that. So um, and then new guys, Shadows. Shadows asked the question. Shadows is a, a monster. He's one of my favorite tutters for the new generation. He's musical. He's rhythmic. He's clean. Concepts for days. Um, yeah, Shadows is dope. And of course, I love uh, Icy from the, the Moonrunner. The Moonrunner connects, connects and Icy. And Snap, yeah. Dang, yeah. Snap is dope too. He puts a little bit of dance hall with his flow. And he's really tight. So, yeah, I guess that, that could be it for the, the tutters. We'll go back to the questions. Uh, Angel Caratero, Caratero, <laughs> what do you think about your last battle versus Frantic? Nice, good question. So, uh, yeah, I just had an awesome experience battling the homie Frantic from Mighty Zulu Kings and Funny Bones crew. Uh, check out, check it out. It's on YouTube. Um, we have two battles on YouTube now because the other one that we had was from 2009 at Manny Frost event. And uh, we've also had a few cypher battles uh, at Poppin' Todd's going away party. We had a cypher battle. And I think we had another one some other time. But me and this guy, we've been exchanging for years. And when I moved to California, 2005, when I saw Frantic, I... I had such a high respect. He was doing something that wasn't like the most popular thing at the time. And he was owning it. And uh, he was a cypher head and a battle head. And, you know, as I learned more from Rashad starting in 2006 about cypher culture and battle culture and all these different styles, and we were mixing things and fusing styles and learning strutting. And, and I started to branch out into different things. I got even more of a respect for Frantic. I was like, this guy's been doing different things for a while. He's dope at it. And he's like, you know, he's a warrior about it. Like he owns his shit and he's not scared to battle. Like you have to respect that. There's nothing you can do, but respect that. So I told Manny, I was like, look, the only guy I want to battle in LA is Frantic. So in 2009, we had a, we had a, a battle at this B-Boy event. That's old footage. And We've both gotten better since then. So if you want, you can watch the one from 2009 and you can watch the one uh, from about, you know, a couple weeks ago, actually. But what did I think about the battle? Two warriors exchanging two different approaches to the dance, two different ways to deliver movement, even. Um, exchanging in a way where we're responding and answering to each other. You know, a lot of battles don't have that where the people are actually responding and and answering like in, in movement. I think it's just a good example of like 
a great popping battle of 2018. You know, like two people that are good at what they do, culturally sound in what they do, you know, have done that work too. Like he's like a representative of LA. Like he, his movement represents LA so well, you know, my movement represents urban artistry and DC culture well, but I'm also like an ambassador for things because I'm a researcher. So my movement shouts out to Memphis. My movement shouts out to the Bay, to San Francisco, you know, and and to DC of this idea of fusion and mixing things, you know, and being a boogie boy. So it's like that battle was fun. It was all respect, all love, no, no shit talking needed, just supporting each other on the side motivating each other and uh yeah it was fun every time battle frantic it's fun and i always know it's gonna be because it's it's uh two dudes that are about the art when you're about the art you know like that's that's all that matters you're about your craft and battling exchanging that's just that's nothing that's just what you do so shout out to frantic and uh yeah, let's see if I have any more questions on here. Don't believe I do. So that means we can go to the Instagram and the YouTube. So, all right, let's see where we're at. I'm going to go through the Instagram first. Shout out to everybody for joining. Appreciate you guys. Do I do online classes? Yeah, let me talk a little bit about the online class program quickly. So Rashad and myself have a program with the Funk and Focus team, um, and it's online classes through Skype. There's different programs. So there's um, right now there's just a drop-in, which is just a Skype class, private lesson, and then there's a one-month thing that you can keep doing month after month, which is four classes within one month. Um, or you can do it like in three weeks if you want, or two weeks if you really want to. Um, so there's two packages at the moment. Um, and then there's also online group classes that we promote every once in a while. We put out like an online group class. We've done a tutting one, a strutting one, a twisto flex one. That's more where we do the book of styles type of thing. So we have um, the online book of styles program. We have drop-ins, which is one-on-one privates, and then a little bit more uh, like in depth is like the, the, the month program, which can turn into two, three, four, however many months you need, depending on our availability. But um, the program's simple. We, we build a curriculum. We talk the first class. We talk about what are your goals? What are you trying to do? What do you want to improve through this? We build a curriculum for each class that is a program specifically for you, sort of like a trainer would with a, at a gym or something. You know, like we build a program that makes sense for you, that you can agree upon. And we start to work that program. And um, that's pretty much the idea of it. And uh, we work it little by little. There's homework videos in between. And yeah, it's it's a, a good educational program for people that are trying to learn. Um, even some people just want to learn about culture and history. And we, we break these things down because that's a part of our education as well. So let's see. What up, JD? What up, Urban Artistry? What up, Memphis Jookin? Shout out to Memphis Jookin. All the homies in Memphis. Hope to see you guys soon. 
Shout out to Montage. Shout out to Shadows, Little Fuckers. I'm telling you. And I might do a whole episode of talking about Little Fuckers and Days. I'm not going to explain it too much right now, but that's the whole world is Little Fuckers and Days. It's a funny story, too, but not for today. Just don't let the Little Fuckers get you. That's all I can say. The Little Fuckers are running wild. Don't let them get you. <laughs> don't let them convince you. <laughs> Urban artistry. Little Fuckers, sit down and listen up. Oh my gosh, who's on that? That's funny. Uh, all right. Uh, into Gabriel. Gabby, what's up, man? Um, Gabby's asking, what is your purpose behind your movement? Huge question. My purpose has changed uh, over the years because I went through phases. You know, I started with someone that just wanted to be cool. Thought it was so cool. It looked illusional. I wanted to do it. Then I started to learn about the history and learn about different people want to be like them, you know, and then I started to uh, say, oh, I got to have my own thing. What, who am I? You know, my purpose was like, okay, I started to say, well, who am I? I have to show who I am through my dance. What's personal about me? Then I met Rashad, learned about the culture and history can be a representative. So being a representative is one of my purposes. Being a cultural ambassador is one of my purposes with my movement. When you watch me, you can see tradition. And that's what I want. And another one of my purposes is to be futuristic, to be innovative. So when you watch me, you can see that too. You're going to see traditional movement and then you're going to see outer space. And that's how I deliver. And I deliver. That's what I meant by me and Frantic have different deliveries. I deliver like, boom, like here's a bunch of crazy shit. <laughs> here's a, let me hit you with a bunch of shit at once and be like, whoa, what is going on? Like, what is happening here? You know? So sometimes like in my approach, my purpose is to like show you, I just came from outer space. Like I'm some cyborg from the future. That's just dropping a bunch of knowledge on you. Like, this is what popping can be. This is what it'll be in 5002, you know, like all of this will be included. But the funny thing is like, just as innovative as I am, I'm also traditional. It's just that I innovate traditions. That's how I balance it. I take the traditional stuff and I innovate it um, with uh, who I am today. Um, another thing that I, one of my purposes as an artist, and I also try to represent this in movement, even though it's easier with words, is to be a white dancer that represents black culture as authentically and respectfully as possible. So, you know, I'm not trying to take movements from strutting and joking and just mimic it and be bad at it and teach tutorials on it. No, I'm trying to learn, be a cultural ambassador for these things. So, you know, that I try to represent that as a mover as well. Um, they call me Wukong. What practices do you do outside of popping that help with mentality or training, meditation or yoga? Um, I've tried meditating a little bit. I want to get a little bit more into it. That can be very helpful. Um, yoga, I did that when I was younger, but lately I have my own, I kind of have my own forms of meditation and yoga. You know, I have my own programs that I do myself. I have things I do for like strengthening that Damon showed us, the Damon exercises. Steen and Thomas used to do these Damon moves. Like uh, there's a regiment of Damon moves and they're all like exercises, but they're like ground moves and power moves. And me and Rashad had a period because Damon or Steen and Thomas told us they used to do this. They used to do the Damon moves every morning, 20 torpedoes, 20 of the snaking move, 20 of the jazzies, 20 of uh, the David Burns. And they would wake up and do that in the morning. So me and Rashad, at one point, we got 
we, we did that. We went strict on it. And that's why one of the reasons why in 2013, our style was so big and so huge. And we were just like doing so many big moves. And it's the Damon exercises. So, you know, taking care of the body with that was one thing. And then, you know, of course, foam rolling, stretching, there's certain stretches that are good for certain ground moves, you know, certain stretches. I'm stretching because I'm trying to get a move. I'm stretching because I want to dance in this position. I stretch in positions because I want to get comfortable there. How can I get comfortable in this position so that it's like it becomes second nature? So I, I do exercises that are dance moves and I do stretches that I'm going to dance in. And that's how I came up with a lot of that stuff on the ground that people are really taking a liking to, you know, like all those like sitting down things and like using the knees and like sitting in the half split and, you know, like, if you look at the footage from Unite the West Coast in 2008, I was doing some of that, like putting my hands on the ground and like using that as a whole style and balancing. That's from like an exercise, you know, or sitting in a half split and dancing in the half split. And I would move my leg and then straighten it, put it back, you know. So I think those are a couple of things you can think about. Let's see. Uh, any advice on fusing, crossing different dance styles? Yes, absolutely. Fusing crossing dance styles. Here's just one thing to help me. The more you understand those two styles separately, the better it looks when you put it together. Because if you fully understand juking, you can do it by itself and you fully understand popping, you can do that by itself. You'll know more of the parallels, you know the parallels of where you can piece them together. Um, and the movement will just look better because you, you can do it already. So it will look cleaner it will look better when you put it together um but one one important thing about fusing is like you still have to dance to the music so once you fuse two styles you also have to think about what's the character of the music everything is about music for us at funk and focus urban artistry we're boogie boys boogie girls and we try to match movement to sound so even if i fuse something still gotta put it in the character of the song uh da -da -da -da. Okay, how can I start dancing popping? I'm gonna skip that because that question, there's too many ways to go about it, right? You're already on here, so you're getting information. So this is a good place. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's see, let's see. Preach, preach, claps, okay, laughs. <laughs> Jeff AP, sometimes those little fuckers get smarter. <laughs> that's how they they up what are concepts again we talked about that a little bit earlier it's just ideas shout out to porto uh rest in peace to porto the homie from from egypt uh passed away recently he's a true soldier for the for the art form for the dance in egypt a true leader shout out to space crew um yeah it, yeah it's tough Porto was like a good friend, you know, so rest in peace, man, for sure. And I hope everybody in Egypt is doing well. Uh, let's see. Every time you freestyle or you make sets also. Good question. Both. Uh, usually, though, lately, in the beginning, I was very much with sets. I, was, uh, I came from b-boy background, so we did a lot of sets, and I had a lot of combos then I started to try to freestyle my combos, right? So I had a, a, a period where I would take my combo 
And in between the combo of whatever it was, you know, like if that was the combo, I would try to freestyle in it. So I might take this part and do it a couple of times before I, you know, did that in a different way, you know, and then came around here and then brought it back around. And I would just mix up the combos in different ways. Don't bite that. <laughs> I'll just mix up the combos in different ways. Um, but uh, lately I'm not making as many combos. I'm trying to get more into the music and be as free as possible. In my battle against Frenic, I was trying to just be free. I was trying to just be open and be in the moment and also respond to what he was doing. That was another one of my focuses. You can see that. Um, so, so, you know, I'll make like small drills and freestyle those small drills and start to put them together in different ways. But yeah, there's, there's no right, wrong way. You can do all this in a thousand different ways. So I'm going to go over to the YouTube because we got some questions over here. Uh, what are the different kinds of musicality or what are the different way to be musical? I feel like the hype is only on beat killing. Really good question. Pat Eastwood. There's so many different ways to be musical. I'll just throw some ideas out there, but this topic we're going to go into more and more for sure. So, um, you can be the, the, the color of the music, which basically means the, the mood or the character of the general big picture of the music look like how the music looks and poppers are really bad at this one feel how the music feels as a whole not as just the sound um you can also dissect um instrumentation which is what most people do most people are dissecting instrumentation and just killing beats right which is basically your abcs of musicality super super duper basic right um so there's more elements than just beat killing. There's also creating rhythms. Look at Damon, look at Rashad. These are the people you wanna to look to or ask questions to about this. Always creating rhythm, creating rhythm patterns, 16th notes, eighth notes, syncopations, uh, paradiddles, uh, you know, even, you know, like being super legato or being super staccato, you know, like being really good at texture. You know, music also has so much texture in it that we have to think about that as a mover. How can we match texture of, of what we're hearing? You know, these things. Uh, and then uh, wordplay. Memphis is like running the show with that right now, but you can wordplay. You know, you can act out the words. You can go to the rhythm of the words. You can go to the mood of the rapper, the attitude of the, so many ways. So, you know. You can check more of that in the Funk and Focus online classes or hit up Rashad or me. Uh, let's see. More questions on YouTube. Audience, what would be the first step for the absolute beginners of the culture to take? Not just popping, but in street dance. The absolute beginners. There's so, there's so many steps that you could take for that. Um, but I would just say... You know, patience is important. Understanding the dance is culture and not just movement is important. And finding people that know what they're doing, right? Find people that actually have experience with the dance and with the culture and, and build and get with the community, get with the, these types of people that can help you to grow. And in the meantime, practice on your own, do what you can. 
Um, <laughs> Rashad, days are watching. Yep, days and little fuckers. Get with some days. If you want to be a dope popper, get with some days. Don't get with some little fuckers. Watch out for the little fuckers. They'll get you. A lot of little fuckers talking a lot. My program, Funk and Focus, Urban Dance and Dialogue, little fucker free. We're only having days on this channel. Stamp that right now. I hope. No, fuck that. We're doing it. Uh, Mike Chung, how does one keep the authenticity of popping while incorporating other styles of dance? It's a good question. Um, you, you have to mix it into something that's like foundational or traditional movement for popping. So it has to be um, like if I'm trying to put in some like, if I'm trying like find parallels, right? Just find parallels. If I'm, if I'm a crumper and I know how to chest pop, put that in with a bopping style of hitting with your popping or like a, an animated chest dime stopping motion with your popping, you know? Or put it with Cobra, chest pops with Cobra, what would that look like? That'd be weird because you'd be rolling the chest and you'd be doing the chest, you know, the chest pops from, uh, from crumping, you know? So that could be really interesting. So it's about parallels, mix things with traditional movement so that it still looks traditional to some degree. If it doesn't look like, oh, that doesn't look like it's traditional, then that won't really make sense. And then again, if it doesn't look like the music, then it will never make sense. Um, letting your purpose drive you. Pat Eastwood says, what do you mean by letting your purpose drive you? I'm going to get back to that in a second because the Instagram is going to be done here in about a couple minutes. So we got another question on the Instagram. Robo Z. How much time did you need to understand strutting? Because great people never stop learning. And how much time do you need to feel good in it? I think I know. <laughs> but maybe you will say something else. Yeah, well, you probably know what I'm going to say, which is like, you need a lifetime. Like you need to know that you're going to be learning and getting better constantly. That process is never going to stop. Um, I, I think I, I feel like I still don't fully understand strutting. And I've been doing it since 2008. I don't fully understand it. I've interpreted it, though of what it is for me. And, and I can tell you the different stories of the different people of what they believe strutting is. Cause again, just like the word popping, people are going to give you def different definitions. Same thing with strutting. There's different ways to approach it. So we have to, first we have to think about what is it traditionally and what is it to me? The more you learn about the traditions, the more it will change what it is to you, which is okay. Um, but we have to understand that first. And uh, I think the more, since the beginning, I had an idea of what it was to me. It didn't take a certain amount of time. I was like, oh, I think it's this. I watched the videos. I think it's that. We met Harry Berry on the, on the strip. And I was like, oh, okay, I think it's this. You know, now after I saw Harry Berry, then we met Pop-Tart. Okay, I think it's this, you know. And my ideas keep changing. But the more I learn, the more I, I can have an idea, a more well-rounded picture of what it truly is. Um, how long to feel good in it? Yeah, again, that takes a little bit of time and uh i think that has to do with your understanding too the more you understand it here the more you'll be able to adapt it to your body and to feel better and better in it so i'm running out of time on the instagram i got like 20 seconds um again thank you guys for the questions we do this every sunday um 
I'll be in Denmark October 17th through November 30th. Hope to see you guys in Europe. Subscribe to Funk and Focus, YouTube, and our Instagram. And uh, check out the online course if you get a chance. Jump on YouTube. We're about to be on YouTube still. Word. So we're going to keep it rolling just a little bit longer because we got some stuff popping on YouTube. Uh, so I answered Mike's question. Pat Eastwood, what do you mean by letting your purpose, your why drive you when you dance? So what I mean by that is some people are so caught up into doing a dance correctly and traditionally that they lose themselves in that process. And other people are so caught up in being creative and themselves and only caring about what they're doing with their art that they lose and sometimes disrespect the traditions and where the dance comes from. So that's a balancing act. But if you're always asking questions like, oh, is this the right way? Is this right? Am I doing this right? If you're asking people that a lot, you might not be thinking about what's your purpose? What's your why? How are you going to change this thing? What's popping going to be for you in 2018? Um, so your, your purpose driving you is bigger than just your movement. It's what you do as an artist, right? For me, like I said, one of my purposes is as a white dancer to be a representative, inspire other white folks and people outside of African-American and even some African-Americans, but people outside of the traditions and show them how to be respectful of the art form, how to be a better representative for it, you know, and how to do this thing from a cultural approach and be more well-rounded in it. And I do that by these talks. I do that by the interviews that you see me do. And in my movement, you can see the traditions that I'm carrying, which I carry traditions in movement, different styles, and the tradition of being myself, myself, which is another thing we talk about a lot within urban artistry and funk and focus, the tradition of being yourself. And that means that I have to show who I am. That can also, that has to do with the things you liked growing up as a kid. You know, oh, I like this cartoon. I want to make an animation character like that. Or a movie you saw recently, you know. Um, and, and just let the way that you grew up, the things you liked, be a part of your purpose. Like when you watch, again, the, the battle with me and Frenick, you see two different approaches. You see two different purposes happening and that's okay. And that's a beautiful thing. Um, and he's representing what he represents and li living and dancing his purpose. And I'm doing the same. And, you know, that's pretty much, uh, you know, I would ask yourself, I would write it down, you know, like write down what's your purpose, you know, like what, what am I trying to do as an artist? What am I trying to say? Don't even think of movement. What am I trying to say as an artist? Why do I dance? Then say, okay, this is my purpose for this solo. Then say, okay, I want people to feel like I just turned this place into a party. Cause you know, I feel like I want people to party more and then say, that's my purpose for this solo and then go try to do it in movement. And if people like feel that, or you give off that energy, then mission accomplished. You fulfilled your purpose for that solo, you know? So it can be, it's, it's not always a huge question. Sometimes you can have small purposes, like a goal, you know, like you can have long-term goals, short-term goals, 
missions, you know, like think about it more like that. You might get some more options. Mason Dracos, is there any platform or book or website that has better information on just styles to look up or a list of pros in certain styles? Uh, Boogaloo Conservatory has some information about Oakland on that website. Books, we talked a little bit last week. There's a book called Boogaloo. There's a book called Funk. Um, if you want to learn about African-American culture, like just in general civil rights, there's plenty of books on that. Check out the new Jim Crow. Uh, yeah, but we'll, we'll talk soon, Mason, because we got our class on Monday or yeah, tomorrow. So we'll talk more about that. Um, when it comes to community building, have you ever personally encountered any resistance because of your color? If so, how do you get around that? Wow. Okay. I'm gonna save that question. I promise we will get to that. It's a great question. The answer is yes. And I have long, long stories, many about it. So we'll get to that in the next, in, in one of these next episodes. Some of these questions are so, such good questions um, that like, I wanna do whole episodes on them. So uh, I'm gonna save that one, but Sam, Last question, and this is a great way to end it. Thank you for typing this in here. What does popping mean to you in 2018? This is what we said last episode, right? And I thought about it afterwards. I, I did a lot of listening, commenting, but I didn't give what it is for me at this current moment. So let me share that to end this episode. Popping to me in 2018 is... It's a new it's a new day and age, right? With globalization, the connection of the internet, there's really no reason that we cannot be cultural ambassadors, that we can't like find and meet these people. So I think to me, this is my standard, this is not a worldly standard, but the idea of like taking the taking traditional, taking all the movement that I like, right? So if I like the Nicholas brothers and I like strutting and I like juking and I like crumping and I love popping and I know a bunch of that foundation. And then people put music on and they say, all right, dance. Like, do I have to negate other types of movement even though I love that movement while I'm, while I'm dancing? And I'm just saying, this is what popping is for me. I'm not saying in a battle or anything. I'm just saying popping for me is whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it because I'm so foundational. I have so much of that in my system that now it's like with all these influences, you know, like I can do, I can mix joking into my popping. I can mix, I can strut, pop, tut, wave, glide. You know, I can put in some, some buck dancing and some tap dance influence, you know, or malambo and different things from different cultural dances. Like for me, popping to me is just dance. The same way they thought about Boogaloo in Oakland, get down. And they, they said, okay, there's James Brown. That's dope. They said that there's Ray Harry Hawson characters. That's dope. I like that. There's robots. I like that. I like how cool the pimps are. They're so, mm, they pose like this. Boom. They Mac pose. Uh, oh, Chuck Berry. He dances like this when he plays his songs. I like that. Oh, I like the Motown singers. I like Nicholas brothers. I like Bojangles. And they just put it all together. Different groups focused on different things. That's what I'm doing today. 
I'm saying, hey, with all this information out there, I can't take everything and put it together, but that's what 2018 popping is becoming is all of these styles, all of the strengths coming together into just what we consider dance. We're just dancing, but we like all these things. Now, the issue is when people don't really, really learn that thing. And then it looks kind of bad because that you can tell they just mixed it a little bit. And they don't really get it. So I think the more people are becoming ambassadors of all these different options we have, flexing, turfing, all these things, joking, hip hop with different approaches, house, you know, locking, the more we can like really learn these things and just say, I'm a dancer, put that all together into one thing and make that movement look like the sound we hear. For me, that's what popping is. Like, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm mixing traditional popping movement with whatever I like. I like all these popping foundations and I like all these styles of dance and I love making my body look like the music and I just go boom, boom, boom. And I just have something new. It's why myself and Rashad solos look different every time you see us is because we're so influenced by so many things and popping is moving in that direction. Popping is moving to a place where people are fusing more and more into it, but that's nothing new. Don't get it twisted. Fusing movement into popping movement is not new. That's been done forever. All the dances are fusion. Everything is fusion. Hip hop is fusion. House is fusion. Locking is fusion. Popping is fusion. Because it, how is it created? Different ideas, different movements coming together into a system and people say it's this. And then the next town or three years later, this city did the same thing and they were inspired by them, but they changed it and they said, it's this. Then the next guy said, it's this. It just keeps changing. So we're changing it now. Trap music, that's changing popping. That's making people want to juke more and do those types of rhythms. The rhythm of popping is changing because of juking, like different rhythm patterns, you know, like, um, so we're, we're in a place where we've moved to a point where we're dancing more to the music, I think. Like, at least from when I started, it was a lot of tricks. You know, it was a lot of, a lot of tricks. And the Electric Boogaloos had a, have a point when they, they said that. They were like, there's a lot of tricks going on, but not a lot of dancing. That was true. We were doing a lot of tricks. We're getting to a point where like then a lot of people started doing electric boogaloo and they got really good at dancing to the music to it. So it looked really good. And then all these other styles, people weren't dancing the music. So it just didn't look as good. It still looked good, but people didn't know how to dance it, how to make that movement match music. So here's what the book of styles is all about and what popping. This is where popping is going to me. Popping is going to a place where we're going to have all these different approaches being okay, right? Strutting, yes. You know, Oakland Boogaloo, yes. Electric Boogaloo, yes. Animation, you know, bopping, yes. Let's put all of this in here. All of this is good. We're all, we're going to that. That's good. That's all great. We like styles. We like tuts. We like weird ground moves, you know? Like, we like juking footwork, you know? Like, people are using these things. We, everybody likes strutting now. You know, but people can still do electric boogaloo. You know, we got all these things coming together. It's beautiful. There's all these styles. They all have value. They all have worth. Now, here's the next thing. We have to learn. I won't say we because I've been we've been doing this for a long time. And generally speaking, 
the next wave, once people start getting good at dancing within each individual style, that's where the dance is going. Because right now people are getting oh, okay at dancing with strutting and people are good at dancing with electric boogaloo, meaning making movement match sound. I don't mean freaking the beat. I just mean look like the music. And it's so musical. It's so in tune with all the sounds that it's just, it's amazing. But if you can do that with every style of popping, that's where the future of popping is going. It's going towards fusion and it's going towards being able to make every type of movement you do quality and to the music. If you can't make it look like the music, I guarantee you it won't last. This will not last as a, as a trend if we don't understand why this goes to what sound in the music. Same with this one. And I, I love Tabo. I learned from Tabo as well. I, I love all these approaches and people are really excited about them. But I just want to say, we have to also think about how do we make that go to the music? Why are we shaking? <laughs> what sound creates that? What sounds created those types of movements? Let's put that to the music a little bit more and match movement to sound. So, you know, 2018 popping is freedom. 2018 popping is fusion, which it always has been. 2018 popping is an era where the Book of Styles promotes this. People doing many styles can put it and make it musical. How, how musical can you make your tut round? How musical can you make your waving round? How musical can you make your animation and your dime stops? The people that can do that, watch. Those are the ones that are gonna, you're gonna feel it when they do it. You're not gonna say, oh, that's really, oh, that's cool, that looks good. No, they're gonna make you change your whole mind and your whole way of dancing and change your whole approach. And you're going to be like, wow, I felt that. I want, I want to make other people feel like that too. So that's all I got for today. Thank you guys for the questions. This was the first of the Q&As. The show is going to continue. We're going to have different people on. We're going to have more guests. We're going to have more topics. Um, I'm going to be having debates on here. We're going to have everything. So Again, subscribe to the YouTube, the Instagram for Funk and Focus, Urban Artistry. Check out the online course. Hit up myself or Rashad if you're interested in online um, programming, one-on-one -on -one classes, online group sessions. And uh, I'll be in Denmark October 17th to November 30th. I'll be at the Clash Festival. Hope to see my European friends out there. And uh, that's it. So peace, respect, future checking out. I'll catch you all soon.